This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman or has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down into education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They are your body's messengers. So I'm here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Viegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. The information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, and I would encourage you to look into these things on your own and discuss them with your healthcare provider. For a full disclaimer, you can check out the show notes. I also will be linking in the show notes references so that you have something to take that next step, look further, dig deeper, and have resources to help you self-advocate and bring this to your doctor in order to discuss the right next steps for you. Hey there. Today we're talking about hormone imbalances. But before we jump into what can go wrong, let's talk about what it should look like. So what happens across your cycle is that at the end of your period, estrogen starts to rise, peaking during ovulation. During the ovulatory phase, we also get a boost in testosterone, which is responsible for that boost of energy, bigger desire to socialize, and the boost in libido. Then as estrogen drops off after ovulation, progesterone takes over and then both progesterone and estrogen bottom out as you head into your menstrual phase. When everything is working as it should, when everything is in balance, these hormones all have a symbiotic relationship with one another. They all serve a very specific function and provide very specific benefits. Unfortunately, when these are out of balance, we experience symptoms. What can happen is estrogen can be too high, estrogen can be too low. Estrogen can be just fine, but its ratio between estrogen and progesterone can be off where progesterone is too low. And so then you can have symptoms of what's referred to as estrogen dominance, even if your estrogen levels test normally. You can also have testosterone levels that are too high or too low. When they're too high, you get things like PCOS. When it's too low, you can get fatigue, lack of a sex drive. Another way that hormone imbalances can be created in the body is when cortisol levels are too high. The reason this happens is because like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, cortisol is a hormone. And each of these hormones are created with the same building blocks. And at the end of the day, your body is much more concerned with keeping you safe than it is with reproduction. So for example, if you're in a high level of stress, it's not going to be diverting resources to progesterone and estrogen and the things that you need in order to feel good across the month. But a lot of times we don't necessarily feel stressed. So what's interesting about cortisol is that if you're in a high stress situation, your body's going to pump out that cortisol to protect you. But when we live in chronic stress, our body ups the threshold of baseline of how much cortisol we need in our body. 
in our current society, we're so surrounded by stressors for our body. For example, the hours that we put in at work, the foods that we eat, you know, being caffeinated and just the pace. And especially in the U.S. where we don't have a culture that really prioritizes rest or vacation time, right? We prioritize work. And when that's the society and the culture, we're always pushing to do more. We're looking at blue light with screens constantly and all of these things can act as stressors on our body and then you add in the the workouts and the diets and all of these things that create an environment of stress your body ups the level of cortisol that it's pumping out in order to be prepared right for that chronic level of stress that you're undergoing and so that can really affect your hormones and create these imbalances so there is such a huge value to think about how not how to de-stress, right? It's not like, okay, like I need to go on a spa retreat and de-stress. It's not these massive levels. I mean, you can be at a state of burnout where the only answer is like, you need to take a vacation. You need to take time off. You need to unplug from everything. But that's at this extreme state. When you're going from day to day, it's not about stopping everything on your to-do list. It's finding ways across the day to tune into your body and tell your body that it's safe, that you're not in an emergency situation because your body doesn't know that that mistake at work is different from the stress of a predator. Stress is stress. And so it's finding ways throughout the day to calm that response and and really regulate your nervous system and say, we're okay, we're good, we're safe. And that daily practice is what's gonna make the biggest difference in terms of supporting hormone production. So with that, let's think a little bit about, you know, what are the symptoms? I don't think a list of symptoms is super helpful. One, you can Google that. But two, you can look at these lists and have symptoms of high estrogen and low progesterone and high cortisol and high testosterone. Ultimately, you could have multiple imbalances. You could experience symptoms from a few of these areas and get really confused about, okay, well, what thing do I have? It can be frustrating thinking about all the ways it can go wrong and that can feel very limiting and it can feel so frustrating to try and figure out okay well what do I get tested or you know do I have to test my hormone levels every single day of the month to get a clear picture of what's high what's low and I want to first say that that experience of having these symptoms and feeling like a different person at different times of the month is so real the research actually shows that the female brain changes structurally 25% over the course of the month. That's a significant change. So when you think about all the hormone imbalances and all the ways that can go wrong, what it's saying is that you can be fully feeling that 25% shift in change in the structure of your brain. And if you think about that, right, and that's not that's over a month, right? You're talking 26 to 30 days, like that's a very short amount of time to undergo this type of change, right? And you're doing this every month. When your hormones are in balance, our experience of that change is much more gentle. It's a transition between phases. We've talked about in previous episodes of the emotional and the energy focus shifts that happen there where you're aware of these changes, but that it shouldn't be disruptive to your life. It shouldn't feel like you're out of control or you're a completely different person. It should feel like today, my focus and my energy is towards this thing, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. But it's no wonder that we feel crazy and we even accept labels 
of being hormonal or being crazy. And we'll talk about ourselves in that way because it's hard to deny that experience. And so when other people call us that, it's kind of like it may not feel fair. But at the same time, you're like, well, that's kind of how it feels. I feel crazy. And the reality is you don't have to. The other super important thing about this process is that a lot of times you can have all of these experiences and these symptoms without it being extreme enough to show up on a hormone test where it's like out of the range of normal. These blood tests are designed to detect when it's an extreme imbalance. And it's similar with other mental health things. We usually don't intervene until it's now at this extreme place where your only option at that point might be medication. But that doesn't mean that was the only option across the process, right? But we don't really address things until they're so bad. And so that's the other piece that I think is important to consider yourself of, you know, what would that test do for you? What if you get your estrogen tested or your progesterone tested and things are a little bit out of whack? Like, what is the answer to that? Because the pill will not regulate the hormones. It will not fix the hormones. It can shut off production and then come with its own set of side effects, but it can't actually make those hormones work the way that they're supposed to work. And so then you're kind of back at that place of what are the lifestyle changes that I can make to help these symptoms and to support my body? And so being aware of the symptoms of these things can be that there's a lot of ways to treat it that isn't stepping into that realm of I need to have a diagnosis to do this. So now I want to talk about how premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD fits into all of this. As I've mentioned in the past, PMDD is not a hormone imbalance. It's a a sensitivity in the brain to the natural shifts in hormones that occur across the menstrual cycle. However, I do think it's important to note here that that doesn't mean you can't also have hormone imbalances because you have PMDD. So when we think about the cause of PMDD, the root cause has not been defined, but there are various triggers that have been associated with more extreme premenstrual symptoms that can be a helpful place to start. I'll link a blog post that gives a great overview of these different causes. So for me, in managing hormone imbalances, which I know I had because it was just like, there's no way that hormones are okay with the situation that I was in at the time between, you know, having a newborn and not sleeping, working and, you know, just pushing myself to achieve all the things while also breastfeeding and barely eating at the time. That helped to kind of take the edge off the PMDD symptoms enough where I then had the capacity to actually address like, okay, what are these experiences that are left and how can I manage those? And ultimately, I think it's so important to just understand that you're not crazy. (laughs) Yeah, your brain goes through significant changes across the month. And if you're not supporting that process, it's going to feel like you're crazy. It's going to feel like you're a completely different person. And that's such a valid experience that's such a real experience of what's happening in your body and it's important to understand the information that's going to help you kind of take back that control but we also have to pause to give grace for all the things that you didn't know and also not to feel like any time's been so wasted because the reality is 
in the society and world that we're living in now, we're just exposed to so many more environmental toxins and have been for the last generation as well. And so what your grandmother ate and her lifestyle and what your mother ate and her lifestyle and the environmental toxins that they experienced across their life influence your hormones and your genetics and the experience that you have. So this is not all just like oh, well, you haven't been following cycle syncing your whole life or you haven't been eating right your whole life or whatever. There's so many other factors and things that are just so far outside of your control. All of those things contribute to how hormone imbalances show up. For some women, this imbalance will show up more as issues with testosterone and insulin resistance and they get diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Other women have issues more with high estrogen in their response to estrogen and they may have estrogen dominance but ultimately, what I think is more valuable is being aware that this experience of your cycle is not the normal healthy experience. You can do something about it. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about cycle syncing is the fact that through this method, you one, have the education to understand what a healthy cycle should feel like. You know what normal is. And then it gives you these very tangible and practical tools of how to support your body through those shifts. At the time that I was learning about these things and trying to implement these strategies, I was also having babies. So the process of getting tested seemed really just daunting to me because I'm like, well, I don't know. When do I actually go? How far out postpartum is far enough before my hormones will look normal? or look like my normal so that I can get accurate information. And it just felt too big of a question. And a lot of things I had read of people's experience of going down that path was just a lot of frustration and a lot of feeling invalidated. And so my first step was really to say, okay, well, if I know what the healthiest version of me would need, then let me start there. Let me figure out how to deal with those things. Because I also don't want to show up to a doctor's appointment and pay for them to tell me that I need to lower my stress and work on my diet. Like you can get that from any Google search, but the how was a lot harder because, you know, the main information that's out there is based on male bodies. So cycle thinking gave me that knowledge about my own body so that I felt empowered to actually like I could go into an appointment and say like, this is exactly what I'm experiencing is there anything else I can be doing to help this piece? But as I started to read more books and learn about more people who had gone through this process and healed their bodies, I was able to hold a vision of like, maybe this is possible. And how would that person act? What choices is that person making? And try to do it little by little. And that's so key. When you think about what choices that person is making, she's making choices that support her body. That doesn't mean she's forcing herself to eat salads or she's forcing herself to go to the gym or she's doing all the right things or only drinking smoothies. What she's doing is what's best for her body in that moment, on that day, in that phase of her cycle, which means that where you're at today, in the phase that you're in, at the level that you're at, your choices are still, how can I support my body here? And that might mean choosing french fries instead of potato chips, because french fries are less processed. They're a little bit more substantial. They're a little bit more real. If that's the choice that you can make today, make that choice. If the choice you can make today is switching out one of your cups of coffee for a cup of tea, do that. Because it's not about doing, you know, a fad diet or 
a cleanse, right? These things that well, they may have a very specific purpose, they're not intended to be sustainable. But what cycle syncing is and what this idea of supporting your body through each phase and through these transitions is a new way of doing life, that's what I want to invite women into, to give themselves permission to do life in a uniquely female way. Thank you so much for listening. With all of the things that are competing for your attention, it really means the world to me that you choose to be here. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you want to learn more about me and how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to briannavegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching. You've got this.